Hello and welcome back to the State of the Fandom. I am your host, with the most, Neil Fox. And with me, as always, is my partner in love and life, Link Labrador. Hello, hello, audience. Yes, tis I, Link Labrador, the democratic, democratically elected Grand Poobar of the furry fandom. And, and if anyone disagrees with me, they are wrong. <laughs> okay. So today's topic is women voting Democrat. Single women voting Democrat specifically, which we have our statistics in front of us today. So, passing the mic over to our facts. Yes, so we have a, um, a new poll, uh, an exit poll from the election. And according to this, uh, this is a CNN poll from uh, just after the election. Uh, we have voting by uh, gender and by married status. Okay? So, for example, uh, Democratic voters, we have 39% married men, 42% married women, uh, 68% unmarried women. Okay? Uh, And then for Republican, we have 59% married men, 56% married women, 52% unmarried men, and only 31% unmarried women. So we have roughly, I mean, with some exceptions, uh, we, we have roughly equal here for unmarried men, 45% voting Democrat, 52% voting Republican. So roughly 50-50. Yes. Same for married women, 42% and 56%, relatively close. But the, the thing that is fascinating here is the big difference here between married men and unmarried women. Mm-hmm. So married men, 60% voted for the Republicans. Unmarried women, 68% voted for Democrats. Now, why do you think that is? Well, there's a multitude of reasons why married men would typically vote Republican, unmarried women would typically vote Democrat. And one of the biggest contributing factors that I have seen, at least in the argument sphere, is unmarried women care more about a select number of issues that make or break their decisions. Right. Married men will vote Republican mainly because, again, there's a select number of issues that make or break for them. Granted, their father was Republican, so they carry on the family tradition of Republican. Mm -hmm. The unmarried women are unmarried, and they generally were brought up on democratic values, so Mm -hmm. they generally stick to party lines at this point. Sticking to party lines and just sticking to party lines and picking select issues to make or break for your ride or die Mm -hmm. is foolish in my mind. Hmm. There's far more going on than just one issue or that issue or this issue or that issue. Uh, To get politics out of it for a moment, it's be the equivalent of, oh, we need to make sure puppies get saved, but horses are fine. Uh, Horses can... Fall over dead. Wow. <laughs> oh my god, these headlines are fucking great. Uh, Daily Caller. 
Are lonely wine Karens ruining our country? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> no, they're just individuals who have nothing better to do with their day, so they bitch and moan. That's funny. Uh, see, I, I agree with you that it's probably because of these issues. So, uh, abortion rights, mm-hmm. big, big issue for unmarried women. Uh, not nearly as big of an issue for unmarried men. Uh, and then for married people, abortion, not as big of an issue. Um, the, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an urban and rural divide here as well, because at least from my experience living in rural areas, most women who live in rural areas are married. Yeah. I, I well, don't know an, the exact statistics on that, but well, there's an urban rural divide. Uh, rural divide. There's also a um, ethnic divide that isn't even being talked about here in this poll. Hmm. This is just a basic aggregate of data that needs to be that should be broken down into far finer. Right. Well, uh, and there's plenty of different. Um, Plenty of different polls that we can look at. So let's try. Yes. Um, let's see. Exit polls. Twenty twenty-two by uh, ethnic group. Okay. Election day exit polls. <coughs> let's see what else we can find. Yes. Let's. Okay. Ooh, interesting. All right. So we have, um, let's see, all voters. Okay. So this is breaking it down by uh, race, by gender, sex, age. Yeah. So there's a lot of different education, lots of different ones here. Okay. So let's see. Gender, male 56% Republican, female 53% Democrat. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, white voters, we have 58% 58 Republican, black voters, (laughs) 86% Democrat. That makes sense. Wow. That is wild. Well, it makes sense mainly because the black voters are, generally speaking, worse off. Uh, Let's see if it goes into education levels. Um, It does down here. Um, Here, what we can do is we can sort it by black voters specifically. Uh, Let's see. Education... I don't know how this works exactly. Let's find out. I think this is just showing black voters, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Yeah, they're all voting Democrat because mm-hmm. they've been disenfranchised from the Republican Party because they believe the Republican Party is massively racist against them. Which it is, yes. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, the meanwhile, if you go back in back in history, the KKK was originally started by the Democrats. But hey, 
Well, yeah, but there was a there was a switch back in the early 1900s of um, which party was uh, conservative and which party was liberal. So yeah, back in the day, you know, when they say ah, the party of Lincoln, it, Lincoln was a Republican, mm-hmm. but today Lincoln would be a Democrat because um, back at that time, the Republican Party was the Liberal Party. Yep. And oh, yeah. uh, it switched uh, around the time of the civil rights movement, actually. Yes. Now, if the Republicans were smart, they would denounce racism, but... Yeah. Uh, it certainly would be smart for them to do so. Um, now... <clears throat> let's see. Uh, let's see what else we can find in the data here. Okay. Uh, Age. Okay. 18 to 29, 63% Democrat. 30 to 44, 51% Democrat. 45 to 64, 54% Republican. 65 and over, 55% Republican. So it seems like the older you get, the more Republican you become. Right, right, right. So, and, and this is a really interesting topic. I, w- I would certainly be interested to hear maybe from our listeners some more information about this because I don't know very many people who change their political opinions as they get older. But for whatever reason, there is this strong correlation between being older and voting in a more conservative way. Yeah. But, like, what, what is the tipping point for people that they say, Ah, yes, abortion. I, I don't like abortion anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the tipping point there is abortion, not abortion. At some point, people just go, Eh, fuck it, I don't care. Or, it's evil murder. You're murdering people. Well, there's 7.8 billion people on Earth. We don't all live. Everyone has their time. You have to look out for yourself. I'm sorry, you have to look out for yourself and your own self-interest. And if that means aborting something, guess what? You're doing the right goddamn thing. And, and if anyone tells you else why, tell them to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Make your choice. Right. Don't let some fucking politician choose for you. Right. Because you know what they choose you to do? They choose you to be broke. They choose you to be on the system for the rest of your goddamn natural life and them making all the decisions. You want someone making all your decisions for you in life? No. Well, at that point, you might as well just go be a sex slave for someone. Jesus (laughs) Christ. You know. Are you gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender? 7%. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, This is... Wow. That is fascinating because in previous polls, this was oftentimes much lower than 7%. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. 84% of gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender people voted for the Democratic Party. Yeah, that makes sense. Mainly because, again, the Democrats speak, the, speak to their voting base and speak to the voting population that will vote for them. They don't care if you're gay. Right. They just want your vote. They'll say anything. They'll, do, they'll bend over backwards for you. Because that's just how the world works. See, here's the thing. Uh, 
you you are correct that they are bending over backwards. Mm-hmm. But ironically enough, the opposition, the Republican Party, is bending over backwards to prevent the rights of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people. Yes, because they need something to argue against. That is all. Yeah. Is it an issue? Should it be an issue? No. Do we have bigger fish to fucking fry? And can we all just agree that being gay has been around since antiquity? If you go back in the historical records, people have been gay for centuries. Ask the Romans. You know, I, I, I know that this might surprise some of our more... Um, uh, worldly viewers, let's say, mm-hmm. but I was shocked when I went to college and I had been taught my entire life, like, oh, being gay is evil. And then I learned, oh, wait, there were gay people like thousands and thousands of years ago. Uh-huh. I thought, I, naively, based on the information that I had from my um, uh, church upbringing, I thought that being gay was like this, this very recent thing. No. Being gay has been around forever. Mm-hmm. I was brought up. I didn't really care. Right. Uh, it's like, oh, dating women. Yeah. When I get to it, I'll get to it. Yep. Like being gay. Eh. Okay. Being gay? I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't give a shit. Well, and... For our plan of um, doing events at churches, how often do you attend religious services? Once a week or more? 66% Republican. White, born-again, evangelical Christian. Yes. 83% Republican. Wow, they have found their base. Yeah. Jesus. Unfortunately, the Catholic Church is dying, and there's not nearly as many people going to church, and... Generally, the churches have done a fantastic job disenfranchising people that would want to join them anyway. Right. Because uh, nowhere in the Holy Bible does it say it's bad to be gay. Hmm. Uh, well, it depends. So, okay. It really depends on which scripture you're reading, I guess. So, there are in the modern English translations. Mm-hmm including the King James, because this was, um, oh well, again, depending on which scripture, but in the modern English translations, there are words in the New Testament that are translated as homosexuality. So they say, you know, oh, if you are a, if you are a, uh, you know, homosexual, that's bad or something like that. You know, there's a couple of lines in in Paul's letters that are like, you know, oh, this thing, you know, raping is bad and murdering is bad and being gay is bad and all this. Now, here's the thing. That is translated as homosexuality. From what I understand, it's translated as homosexuality because of tradition, not because that's what the word actually means. The word more accurately, would be translated as pedophilia is bad. And yes, it is. And consider the context at the time. So at the time, in the Greek and Roman times, most homosexuality, not all, but most of it was older men having young apprentices, basically, Mm -hmm. and 
the apprentices were essentially the sex slaves of the of the older men. So when you're referring again, culture. Well, it's more of a Batman and Robin scenario at that point. Oh my, mm. Robin. Can you take my giant penny and shove it up your butt? <laughs> but uh, so so again, cultural context. Yes. So in that cultural context, the word, as far as we know, could be more accurately translated as pedophilia instead of homosexuality. And so using those scriptures to say, you know, oh yes, well. Homosexuality, as it's practiced in the uh, in the 21st century, is it is terrible. It's like, well, uh, yes, I agree with you that pedophilia is bad. Next question. Like, it's, <laughs> it's 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 not difficult to. It's it. Here's here here is here is here's what I'll say. Being nice to people is not that hard. No, even if you disagree with them, like uh, there there are many people, like I, I think I've told you this story, but I, I haven't told it on the podcast. You know, when I came out as gay, yeah, my grandfather, who you've met, yeah, uh, he uh, he took me aside, just me and him, and he said, you know, I think that being gay is kind of gross, and I I was like, oh no, where is this conversation going to go? And then he said, but, you know, that being said, I love you. I accept who you are. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going, it doesn't, you being gay doesn't change how I feel about you as a person. And I was like, okay, you know, not perfect, but that's about as good as you're going to get from an 80 year old man who's lived in a conservative state his entire life. Yes. Like, it, that's fine. You, no. you, that, and what, the reason why I bring that up is because <laughs> this is the type of tolerance that I don't see in, in many cases is, you know, I disagree with you, but I still respect you. You know, I, I, I personally, you know, me, me, Neil, I personally find something like scat to be gross. Like I, I do not, it, I just have an, okay, op- you're rambling Okay, let me finish my thought. I I find it to be gross. Like I I have a the similar to my grandfather's reaction of like, ooh, that's kind of yucky. But I I don't say like, oh, that person is evil because they have that fetish. Okay. Now what I was going to say was my experience of going out as gay is, oh, you're gay. Okay, whatever. Next. <laughs> and it's like uh, drama. Um, well, you enjoy the drama for the moment. Uh, if you ever get tired of it, uh, I stand beside you. Right. Kind of like my ex had a lot of drama. Kind of like we've been through a lot of drama. Okay. I want to avoid drama. Yes. I just want a normal, non-traumatic, people stop trying to fucking kill me. I'm getting very tired of it. Right. I'm also getting very tired of people calling the cops on us because we're journalists as well. Yeah. We should probably bring... What? Do you want to tell the story of why, how the cops nearly were called on us at a Goodwill? Oh, God. 
Well, if people want to <laughs> see that happen, they can check it out on our on our YouTube channel. But um, do we still have the footage from that? Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, that that was that was a very that was <laughs> that was an interesting story. So to sum it up, there was a Karen who had two dogs. Claimed they were. Um, she claimed they were service animals. I knew right away that they weren't service animals, and I told her, one, service animals should be wearing a service animal vest, and two, they're not acting like service animals. She immediately says, I'm calling the police. I stood there. I folded my arms. I smiled at her. I waited about 30 seconds. She didn't make a move to do it. And then she tried to tell me I don't know the ADA. Keep in mind, I have worked with and trained service animals for ADA purposes. So I understand the ADA, and my partner uses a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So I understand the ADA. I have been trained in ADA protocol for businesses as well. Mm -hmm. Needed to learn that when I was a manager. Wow. Needed to know that stuff inside and out. Mm Mm-hmm. Needed to know what was acceptable and was unacceptable. So, you know, I walked away and then had a conversation in public about the experience. And then she walks over to one of the managers and says that we're harassing her. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're having a pri- we're having a and not a private conversation because we're in the public. So we're having a public conversation that. They, She's an earshot of. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it escalates. Oh, it escalates. The manager comes by and immediately starts berating the person that were the, one of the shoppers there by calling him homeless. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Turns out the dude was retired. He owned four houses. He ran several businesses and he didn't give a shit. Yeah. He just did his own thing because... His businesses were running well. Then he rode a bike. I know a lot of people that ride bikes that are of older ages. That's true. It happens all the damn time where I'm from. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the cops weren't... The cops never got involved. The uh, manager came by and said... uh, And started videotaping us because I was videotaping him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Goodwill managers think they're hot shit. Sure. Fuck off. Wow. Turns out the dude got fired a couple days later. We may have had something to do with that. Not that we want people to lose their jobs, but it's important for people to, you know, be... Respectful. Reasonable. If you're a, if you have a position of power and you go off the rails, I'm sorry. You do not deserve that position of power if you're going to tell your customers that they're homeless individuals. If they're going to sit there and berate someone, Mm -hmm. you're going to have an argument in front of everybody. Yes. You're a manager. You're a representative of that company. And if you want to represent that company in that manner, 
I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, wait. No, I'm not sorry. Fuck off. Find a different career. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, let's take a short break for our, uh, our ad, since it's, we've been doing about 25 minutes, and we'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back to the State of the Fed. We're so glad to have you joining us on this fine, fine day. Now, here's the topic for the second part of the podcast. So, we have a, uh, a, an idea. I'm very, very excited to see what happens with this idea in the future. But um, the idea is to host events that will benefit uh, animal charities and homeless outreach. Yes. Especially um, for people in the local area. Because here's, here's the thing. As much as um, you know, big charities need help, small charities uh, oftentimes struggle a lot more than, than the bigger charities do. Um, there, there's been a huge problem with, uh, with COVID and with um, inflation and with all of these things of uh, decrease in charitable giving, which totally fair. If, I mean, if somebody has to choose between buying food and donating to an animal shelter, they're probably going to buy food. That makes sense. But um, I think that there is a real opportunity to... Um, to help out these, especially smaller community charities, um, using the skills that we have. So you and I are both talented at sales. Yes, we are. Both talented at running a convention booth. And so the way I envision it is essentially setting up a convention booth, or what, what looks like a convention booth, every weekend. Uh-huh. Whether at our own events that we will organize ourselves, or at um, you know conventions, trade shows, um, horse shows, dog shows, whatever it you know it um, as as much as I uh, as much as I personally enjoy going to furry events, I think that um, uh, I think that we have a big opportunity by by going to events that are primarily non-furry. Um, one, being furries at that event will draw a lot more attention. Uh, you know, if, if somebody has never seen a fursuit before, that's going to draw their attention a lot more than being a furry at a furry convention. Mm-hmm. And two... Oh, yeah. I think that there's a big opportunity for us to work with churches in particular because they, for, for several reasons. One, they have a gathering every week. Uh-huh. So you don't have to, you know, you don't have to worry about whether or not only five people will show up. You know, if they have 100 people every week, there's going to be at least 100 people there. Oh, yeah. And uh, my thought is we combine, when we do our own events, we combine um, the 
regular attendance of the church. And then we also post it on Eventbrite and Facebook, uh, Facebook events. And then, um, we can, uh, we can try to promote it on local media. So for example, let's say that we were doing an event in, um, Arkadelphia, where I went to college. Arkadelphia is a relatively small town. It's like 10,000 people. We could go to the college radio station. We could go to the local news. We could go to the local newspaper and say, hey, we're doing this event. Here's where you sign up for it on our, on our website. And hopefully, not only will we have people from the church itself that will come, but we'll have people from the local community as well. So that benefits us by there being more people, and it benefits the church because uh, there will be people coming to the event that probably wouldn't normally come to that congregation. Yeah, so our overall plan is outreach, outreach, outreach. Mm-hmm. And, secondarily, every event that we do, if possible, every event that we do, I want to do a video about the event. So, um, you know, we'll do, you know, uh, we'll be a good example of like a video title. Um, 1,000 pounds of dog food for this shelter in... Montana. Yeah. Or or like, um, you won't believe how many puppies we got adopted in Boise, Idaho. Wiggly beans. Because. We go puppies. I want you to imagine a video. Yes, audience, we want you to imagine. I want, and specifically you, I want you to imagine a YouTube video, okay? T- about 10 minutes long. Yep. And uh, we... Uh, how would it be structured? Let's see. Probably we would... T- oh, one way that's really effective. The-, the Dodo does this all the time. I don't know if you've... Uh, have you seen... It was, I have it, no idea who that is. It, it was one of the shorts that we watched, but you probably didn't pay attention to the title. But anyway... The dodo tells the stories of um, animals that were rescued. Okay. So, here's what I'm thinking. Was that the bunny one? Yes. Bunny. What if we tell the story from the perspective of the puppy that is rescued? Yes. So, for example, here's how we would do it. Huge puppy. We go to the shelter... And we say, like, what, what puppy has the most interesting story? And they start telling the story in their own words. And if, if they're a talented storyteller, we can use them talking about the puppy. If they're not a talented storyteller, which, you know, some people are not very good in front of the camera, that's fine. Then we can tell the story on their behalf of, like, oh, this, this little Dalmatian puppy was found in a mine shaft deep underground. 
and... How the hell did he wind up with a mineshaft? Strange puppy. I, I don't know. Strange puppy. Or like, you know, this, this puppy was found in the cold, abandoned, lonely. And... Now hey. all the puppy needs wigglers and hugs. And then we... Let's see. We, we would tell the story of the event using the puppy as the framing device, quote-unquote. Yes. So as the, as the subject of the story. So, uh, for example, we would then, you know, follow the puppy's journey to the event that mm-hmm. we would be putting on. And then maybe someone is like, oh, I want to adopt this puppy. And then you, it's like, look how, look how cute. They have a new home. Yes, they are cute beans. I think I think that would be a popular YouTube series. And the the more popular that our videos are, the more it will drive attendance to our future events. So we'll say, you know, all right, so we're doing an event in Boise this week, and you know, here's our next five you know, locations that we will be, we're, we're putting those on screen, and, you know, make sure to go down into the, the description below to get your free ticket to the event. Yes, their free ticket to come see poppies. What we'll probably do is we'll do a free ticket. Yeah. Just like a, conve- uh, similar to how a convention does it, we'll do a free ticket that, you know, for everybody. And then, if they want to, they can get like a, I don't know, twenty dollar, and have like a pin and a lanyard or something. Like they get a couple of little items if they have a premium ticket. Well, usually, with um, adoptions and whatnot, there's usually some sort of fee to go with it. Right. Right. So we don't really need the ticket if they come in, they adopt. We charge X amount, and then they get a couple of goodies to go with it. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why we would want to do ticketing is because we would need to know approximately how many people are coming. So, you know, if we have, uh, you know, a church that typically has 200 people on a Sunday, and then we have 300 people sign up for the event, then we need to let the church know, like, hey, there might be a total of 500 people there. Like, they're going to want to know that in- information. Yeah. Um, Most puppy adoptions take place at hardware stores, at um, mm-hmm. farmers, far, far, uh, stores that deal with farm equipment and stuff mm-hmm. generally host animal adoptions as well. Okay. Maybe we could work with, like, a local hardware store or something. Yeah. Farming outfitters are usually good. Okay. That's good to know. Because I I don't know why. That's just what they do. (laughs) Never did figure out the reasoning behind it. Most farming outfitters sell, like, baby ducks. (laughs) Yes. So having puppies there as well makes sense. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Because the, the strategy has a multi, it's a multifaceted strategy. Yes. So we get the people there. Mm-hmm. 
we have some stuff to offer if people want to support the cause by buying something. We have the option for people to donate, say, books, for example, since we can sell those on Amazon. So it would be, let me see if I, how would that work? Okay, so it would be, um, get people there. Mm-hmm. They can buy some of the merchandise items at our little booth if they want. Yeah. They can donate stuff if they want. And the uh, whenever reasonable, we want people to sign up for our newsletter. Yes, I agree. What? What? Well, my wonderful puppy is very sleepy, so he's 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 off for a bit. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, go ahead and give our, our sign off. So, thank you so much for listening to the show. We greatly appreciate it. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to leave a like and a comment. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes, please make sure to leave a review. It is greatly appreciated, and we will see you next time.